0: Hey, hey everyone, welcome to Home Energy Design 101, how to design a beautiful home and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and life. Who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty, and my team and I do the best damn design in the country but I'll help you create a beautiful design that is also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey everyone, this is Amanda Gates. Welcome to Home Energy Design. If you like the show, sure to subscribe. You can find us on iTunes and if you don't like us, we always recommend to subscribe. It's even better, right? Especially when you leave comments. So today I have on a very special guest by the name of Rachel Cannon. She and I have actually been friends for about five or six years now and she is a fellow interior designer. The reason that I asked her to come on to the show is because I have seen a major shift And who she has become in the last couple of years. Now, when she and I first met, we were both really hardcore trying to figure out our design businesses and what we were going to do and what that looked like and really focused on the business side. What I love is that we have both really come into our own about the importance of self-care and what that means, how to really take care of ourselves. So today's show, we're going to talk about her business and what it is that she does and how she does it so well, but also we're going to talk about faith and the importance of faith and what that adds to our life no matter what's going on. Whether you're dealing with a divorce, some kind of a trauma, maybe you've got aging parents and illness, whatever it looks like, faith is what will get you through, not doubt. And all that you need is just a mustard seed. And we'll get more into that today, too. All right, everyone. Are you ready? Let's do it. Oh, my God. What a bombshell. I have Rachel Cannon on. I'm so excited. What? I'm excited. I like talking with you. Oh, well, good. Hey, hey, everyone. This is Amanda Gates, and I'm so excited to have the one and only interior designer, Rachel Cannon, on the show today. Hi. Hi. So um, let's start back at the beginning, because I think it's interesting. Okay. Um, So you ended up in interior design, but you kind of toyed with the idea of graphic design or even journalism. So how did you land in interior design? (laughs) Well, let's go back to the very beginning. And I actually you were born college as
1: pre med. <laughs> no God. Well, yes, I was. But I started college as a pre med student because I thought I wanted to be a dermatologist, and it took me one semester of advanced biology before I was like, "This is a drag," and I don't want to do this every day. So I went and spoke to my counselor, and she advised me like if what if what you loved in high school was being on the yearbook staff you should go into graphic design because that's basically what it is. It's layouts and it's creativity and, you know, there's an art component to it. And I think you would really like that. So I changed my major to graphic design and what I realized as a graphic design major at, at LSU, that is considered a studio art major and, I was taking classes with people who were very serious artists. I realized I'm not an artist. Um, I'm just not the type of person who can like give me a blank canvas and tell me to go. And I will sit there crippled with fear because I need some sort of parameter and an outline of what I'm supposed to be making. And it was just it was almost like it was too much freedom. And my brain just does not work that way. So. While I was in these classes, I had to take a few College of Design electives. And one of them was the history of interior design. And it was awesome. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, we literally get to go and sit in this class and look at pictures of antique salt cellars and candlesticks and buildings and furniture. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, I was like, I didn't realize this was like what interior design was. So I changed my major to interior design. And it was the best decision I ever made. it was it was there's a creative side to this business, but there is also there are parameters and there are boundaries and you know when you're given a floor plan of an existing building and they say, "Your bathrooms can be located within ten feet of this column well, that's helpful for me. (laughs) That gives me some, (laughs) um, some groundwork that I can start to do a design around. And so now with clients, it's their feedback that we're looking at that kind of informs how a design starts to take off and, you know, getting all that preliminary, what's your favorite color? What colors do you absolutely hate? If you could close your eyes and imagine your favorite room, what would it look like? And that's kind of the same thing as that in, in school, when they give you those parameters of the plumbing has to be located within 10 feet of this column.
0: Yeah. So before you became an entrepreneur and went out on your own, you were in the corporate world. I believe you were doing commercial, right? Yes, exactly right. Mm -hmm. So you lost your job like so many people did. (laughs) The recession hit and
1: the design industry just collapsed from every angle. And so I had been with that firm for five years. Um, We had grown considerably and she just was like, look, I don't know what's about to happen, but I have to let you go. But she was really kind about it. She actually gave me a month uh, notice. So it wasn't like, hey, today's your last day. Um, so I had some time to kind of figure out what my next move was going to be, which I'm really, really grateful for. That was She didn't have to do that, and I, I really appreciated it.
0: So tell us about, you know, because I think many of us have, have been in this position where we've worked at um, some type of a, a corporate setting. Um, you know, had a boss over us and had to clock in, so to speak, show up at a specific time, leave at a specific time. And this happens to you kind of, you know, probably unexpectedly, maybe expectedly. But what was that defining moment for you when, you know, you've got this month to really contemplate what the hell it is that you're going to do with your life? (laughs) What was that like for you to decide that, you know, I could go out and do something similar like this and try to get another job or go out on my own? What was that Mm -hmm. like for you and how did you make that decision?
1: I literally stood up from the meeting where she said, I have to let you go, walked back to my desk and said, I'm going to start a business. And I thought of the name of the business that day. And within a week I had filed for all of the business paperwork that you have to file for when you open a business. Um, Obviously I knew I had to have some sort of an income in the meantime. So I actually went to work for, um, a, a slab manufacturer, uh, excuse me, a slab fabricator here in Baton Rouge. In the meantime, so that I could just, you know, I needed a steady income. I actually had just closed on my first house uh, the Friday after she told me that I was losing my job, and so I there I couldn't just have no income. I had to have something. So I went to work for this slab fabricator. That was about a three month stint, and um, I knew that that was just not that was not the place for me either. So in the meantime, I was sort of working on this business and I started writing a blog mainly just to have a place to sort of put my ideas. Um, I realized whenever I started to be by myself all the time that I really missed the feedback that you get from working in a a studio environment where you can bounce ideas off of each other. So the blog really kind of started as a way for me to kind of just put ideas out there and just see what people's responses were and kind of get feedback. Um, but from, that point forward, it became increasingly difficult because what I realized was, you know, there's that saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Well, that is the truth in business. If you, if you are going to build a business, you have to make contacts, you have to network, you have to pound the pavement, you have to, you can't, there's no sitting at a desk and the business comes in and it's just your responsibility to do the work that's given to you. You actually, you actually have to go out and get those jobs yourself. Um, so the, the moment for me was right then and there. I had kind of, um, I knew, I mean, I'd been at that firm for five years and I was sort of feeling the growing pains of, I would like more responsibility, but the role that I have here is as junior designer and that's sort of the end of the line here. So I kind of was already feeling like maybe I would want to go out and start a business. I had no idea it would be this soon, but it kind of was the nudge out of the nest that I needed. So that moment right then and there, I was like, okay, I'm going to start a business But it wasn't just as easy as like, I'm going to go start a business. Then it became where in the world are these clients going to come from and how am I going to make any money? and Will I ever actually eat again? Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I would say fast forward, you know, five years from that moment. And that's really the moment I felt like I actually had a business.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that what is so amazing is that you've really hit this stride where you're no longer striving. You know, you're you've got a, a very well known, established brand and name in the business. Um, you're known for being a luxury, high end designer. Um, I mean, you are a kick ass entrepreneur. Like, yes, you're an interior Thanks. designer, but I definitely see you as an entrepreneur first. Um, so I, I think that that's one of the things that you said kind of rang true for me. I know that when I started my business, I didn't really think about it. It was just kind of thrown in my lap and I had to, and I think if I had had too much time to overthink it, I would be like, oh, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to open my business. I'm not going to have employees. I'm not going to have, you know, an overhead. I'm not, I'm not going to do any of that, but Mm -hmm it was like just this pivotal moment where you have to make a decision and it's like a split decision where you're like, it's almost like the Mel Robbins five second rule. You don't have a really a chance to think about it. You just do it. And then you're like, Holy shit, I did it. (laughs) That's very true. No,
1: you're, you're exactly right. I think, you know, I had been having these feelings for probably a year at that point anyway, but because I had the security of a steady paycheck, you know, faced with the option of stay here, continue to get this paycheck or go out on my own and not know where my paycheck is gonna come from, obviously you just you'll you'll sit forever in that sort of comfortable, although not be it completely fulfilling spot.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's really what it needs to be. It's kind of like what Toby always talks about, build the plane as you're flying it. Because, I mean, yeah. it, it'll never be a right time. You'll never be ready. You'll never be prepared. It'll. It, it's like when you have a baby, you just got to do it.
1: <laughs> you just have to. It's coming whether you're ready or not. No, I think it's very important that we discuss Toby because I, I actually went to her, I think it was called Designer MBA Course, And that was that was a game changer for me because I knew I knew that what I was doing in terms of how I was running my business was not working. I knew that. But I only had the example of the designer that I worked for before. And, you know, after post-recession, that those rules did not apply to what the new landscape of interior design was. And. I was charging hourly fees. I felt like I was literally working myself into the ground for nothing, for literally no money. And it just, I stayed frustrated and I felt like there's got to be an easier way. And I was to the point, This was probably three years after i had started the business. I was to the point right then where I felt like, okay, I'm going to go to this course and I'm going to hear what she has to say and I'm going to go all in because I don't really have another option here. Like I will, this is my last ditch effort because if this doesn't work I'll go be a librarian or something like I just was like i like this is ridiculous. And so I went to her course and I listened to every word that she said, I soaked it up like a sponge. I mean it was like life-changing. We there was I think there was only like 8 of us in the class at that time. We all cried at one point or another because we realized how wrong we had been doing everything and really became such a great support network of of friends in this industry from all across the country. And so I came home, I completely revised every service that I offered. I gave every service a name. I, I attached a fee to each one instead of an hourly fee. And Toby had pointed something out to me that I thought was really brilliant where she she was like, you know, if clients keep asking you to do these little small jobs, what if you charged a higher amount for that time? Like if you if you would do a day with these people and charge a premium for it, if you did five of those a month, you would actually make more money just doing that than you did last year trying to get all these big jobs. And I was like, Oh my God, that's the angels are singing. <laughs> oh my God, it really, I was like, well, that's genius. So I kind of started doing that. I, I offer a service called VIP day, which we still offer and people still love it. Um, it's just a really condensed sort of lightning speed, like to get you through to the next level on your home. Um, we do offer consultations, but they're not hourly, but mainly our goal is to work with whole homes you know people who are either building new homes or renovating a home or if we're not doing whole home we want the whole room you know it's it's not really beneficial to you financially to have us come in and tell you what pillows to get and it's not really worth it to us because it's never going to be just that one question it's going to be 10 follow-up emails after that that we feel like you know for what you paid for we gave you all the information that we can give you at that level and that was something that Toby used to always preach to you cannot give Top tier service at bottom basement pricing. Um, so, really, it had a lot more to do with me and changing my mindset and, you know, really feeling like this is a service that is meaningful and it, it's worth what we charge for it. It's not DIY, it's not shopping, it is a luxury service. And that really, I mean, it changed everything. And, and that's not to say that you know, gosh, this is, I've been in business now for, oh wow, nine years. Okay. So I've been in business for nine years. That is not to say that I took Toby's class and everything worked out perfectly. No, like, (laughs) you know, there was, there are ups and downs as there are with any business. There are slumps, there are valleys, there are mountains, there are peaks. I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's, Yeah. yeah, that's business. So, I think the main thing is just information is power and knowing and being able to identify what I was doing that was dragging this business down and changing it quickly, it helped tremendously. And so now I think I, I feel so much more comfortable because I know what my finances are and I know what's in the bank and I know what's in the pipeline. It's so much easier now to know when we can say yes to one of those VIP days and when we have to just say no because... Either we're working on too many huge projects or we've got too many other VIP days lined up and you're not going to get the value out of it. And maybe we can put it off till the the next month. I think that was the other thing too, overbooking and feeling like I had to say yes to every single project because I was so scared I wasn't going to have any work. And I'm sure anybody who is a designer who is listening to this would attest to, not everybody is a fit for the way that you work. And you have to be strong enough to say, look, I think you're a great person. And I'm sure, you know, your house is going to turn out lovely, but I don't think we're the firm that that's going to do it for you. And that's tough because you don't want to turn people away because just out of, you know, necessity, you kind of feel like, oh my gosh, we need clients. But if you, if you get a red flag in the beginning and you feel like we're not going to make these people happy or we're not going to click, listen to it. Cause it's, that's your gut telling you,
0: you know, go the other way. Yeah, and I just want to say to the listeners, we're, uh, Rachel and I are talking about Toby Fairley, which I actually had on the show five weeks ago. So we'll go back to podcast number 20 so that you can hear yes. Toby talk and hear about who we are talking about. She is a coach and a mentor to creatives. So if you are in any kind of creative business, whether that is feng shui to art to an interior designer Um, she is a game changer for a lot of people and a change agent for a lot of people in their businesses. So she would absolutely be somebody to listen to. For sure. She's a force majeure. Yeah, without a doubt. That's a great (laughs) way to put her. Um, I want to, uh, change gears a little bit here. Um, and you know, you, you brought up the point of this idea of, you know, saying yes to everything. And, and I, I think that as women, uh, without a doubt, women, not only in business do that, but just in life in general, do that. Mm -hmm. And I personally, that, uh, class or course that we took with Toby several years ago is actually where I met you. Um, Mm -hmm. and I've seen a huge shift in you over the last five years. I've seen a huge shift in, um, how you approach life, your mindset, what have been the, the major key points for you in that overall shift and, and how have you, um, you know, really put yourself first so that you're not saying yes to everything and, and really changed your mindset into the person that you are today? In the beginning, I
1: think it was um, more out of a personal need. I was in a marriage that was failing and i had tried everything that i could possibly try to make it work and i, I feel like i just saw the writing on the wall like it's just not going to work so it was almost like a, it was almost like in a roundabout way i was really doing it to solve my personal problems but what i realized was this business was going to be the only way that i could support myself and leave the marriage, and this is the thing, I don't I don't want to say anything bad about my ex-husband because we are still friends and we have been as amicable as two exes can be. Um, this is not to say anything negative about him. However, I just knew that I had to build a life raft and the business was the life raft. And if it was going to float, it was up to me. And when it could float, I was going to get in it and I was going to paddle away. And so really setting my mind to this is my way to a happier life. That was kind of the change for me and realizing like, I can't count on mom and dad to come bail me out. I can't count on, you know, there comes a point in your life where you have to just be a big girl and do the hard things that need to be done. And sometimes that means walking away from some stuff that's not good for you. And that is in relationships, that is clients, that is business vendors, that is, I mean, it's everything. And those are very tough decisions to make. But I can say that now that I'm on the other side of that, you know, nobody wants to say, oh, yeah, I was totally fine with my marriage falling apart. No, I mean, definitely not. But I can say that I have much more of a I guess we're better friends now divorced than we were married. I can I can like him now and I can, you know, what he does doesn't really affect me and vice versa. And so that really was the driving force behind why this business needed to succeed. So saying yes to every single little tiny project that came in wasn't going to do it. It just wasn't going to cut it. We had to have projects that were, you know, and this is the other thing I I don't want to like sound like a total ego maniac, but there is a, a dual thing with these projects that you take as a designer. You need, obviously you need work because that's what pays your bills but you also need work that will get you more work. And so when you continue to say yes to projects that like you don't really like or you don't really like the style that these people want you to do, you, you can't really put that in a portfolio or publish it because you don't really want to do that again. And so that's very tough for a lot of designers to say, you know, I'm an interior designer who does classic, fresh, smart interiors for professionals with demanding schedules. Took me forever to realize that was my style and that's who I wanted to work with. Well, when I was sort of in in the in between of having been to Toby's class and knowing that this divorce was imminent, I realized, you know, the reason you're sort of stuck in a holding pattern is because you keep saying yes to projects that it's not really a style that you like and you're butting heads with your client trying to get them to agree to a style that they don't like. So rather than doing that, you need to you need to be known for your style. You need to be known for Rachel Cannon's look. And that was a tough hurdle for me too because the training I had had was that you are just the vehicle by which your client will get what they want. And so the the firm that I worked for before we kind of just did whatever the client wanted and it felt very aimless and sort of non-directional and I was like, but what style do we do? Like I know what I like, but it's not any of this and I don't really want people to know that I did that. (laughs) So like, how does that work? (laughs) So again, it just goes back to, you know, some, not everything is really the right fit. There's a great verse in the Bible in James where he says that all things are permissible to me, but not all things are good for me. Well, you can continue to say yes to every single project that comes your way, but they're not all going to be good projects. You have permission to say yes to everything, but you also have permission to say no to some things because they're not going to be good for you.
0: I love that. And I love that you brought up the Bible because when Toby and I were, were talking the other day, um, one of the things that I loved is, and I think that you have really been um, heralding this in a, in a big way, is this idea of self-care. And when I had reached out to her to ask her to come on to the show, she actually told me no because she had Bible study. And I Mm -hmm. loved that. I loved that she was putting herself first. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that has been a big change in you. You are taking Fridays off. You're respecting your downtime. You know, you're not working seven days a week. And I think as not only an interior designer, but as a creative in general, it can be very easy to get sucked down that rabbit hole. And what I loved is you and I were talking the other day and you were talking about how you're reading five different, like, inspirational yeah. books. <laughs> yeah. And just for the audience, I want you to know Rachel is a hardcore overachiever. So I'm uh-huh. just gonna put that out there. Um and as you can hear, she she's taking that as a massive uh compliment. But so you know, you you were telling me about some of these amazing inspirational things that mm-hmm you have been reading and and that have been really uplifting you. And I think that it's so important. Um, Yes, it's important to have a sustainable business. And yes, it's important to be a good entrepreneur. But I think really in order for that to occur and for that to happen, you have to be a good human being. And if you're not filling up your own tank, whatever that looks like for you, you are not going to accomplish that. And I think that I have seen such a huge shift in you even in the last year uh, Mm of the the human that you have become i mean i'm so proud of you you have done so many amazing things but um Mm -hmm. i think that your faith has really uh i don't want to say shifted but i i think it's like there's an old uh, chinese saying returning to a place and seeing it for the first time and Mm -hmm. I I feel like you are like getting back into these texts and you're seeing it for the first time and you're experiencing it for the first time and so what has that experience been like for you I I feel like you're kind of having this rebirth moment right now where you're really coming into your own and and you're really uh giving yourself this self-care and it's making you a better entrepreneur and a better designer but what has that been like for you well, thank
1: you. That's that's very sweet, and that means a lot to me. Um, I, I can say that going through a divorce will make you grow up real fast. And I realized that I, I think I had set my mind so hard on this fact of the of the the notion that I would be happier alone, and then I actually was alone, and I was like, oh, this is not great either. <laughs> like that's kind of terrible. Um, <laughs> And so, and this is the thing, my friends are all married and they all have kids. And so it's really hard to like call your friends up on a Tuesday and be like, Hey, come over for a minute just cause you don't want to be by yourself. And I, what I realized was I'm looking for all of these external sort of things to, to fill the void and to make me happy. And you're exactly right. What I realized that I needed to return to was my belief system, which is I'm Christian and I really just. I make it a priority to read the Bible. Even if I can't read the Bible every morning, I listen to a podcast that's, you know, either preaching or teaching or something that's going to be uplifting because I think, I think for me and I know for a lot of people, I sort of want to work out the solution myself. And the beauty of being a believer is that you don't have to do that. There is, you can put all of that stress and worry on God and he's going to lift that off of you. He's going to take that burden away. Just had a conversation with another client literally like not even an hour ago about this. They, they own businesses. And she was kind of sharing something with me uh, along the same vein where, you know, you start a business and it's because it's something that you love. And then there's something that happens somewhere down, down the line where it's like all of a sudden the thing you loved you don't really get to do it anymore because you're actually running the business. And so like the creative side of this is something I don't get to do a lot anymore because I'm, I'm looking at how many clients we have, how many more could we add? Could we add a class? Could we do a VIP day? You know, you're kind of, you're focused on those numbers. And what I was sharing with her was that I, I haven't, I'm I belong to another group on Facebook that is a, a group of Christian interior designers. And we all kind of lift each other up and pray for each other and, One of my friends had shared this song with me that was all about, you didn't create me to worry. You didn't create me to fear. You created me to worship. I'm going to leave this all right here. And that's such a relief to someone who worries and obsesses over everything all the time. So I'm to the point now where I'm like, you know, God, you gave me this talent for creativity and design. You did not bless me with the talent of being a brilliant business mind or otherwise I would have way more money than I have right now. But what you do is you give me the option to say, God, you take care of the business side of this and I'm going to get back to this creative side of this, which is what my heart is. My heart is in the creative and, you know, color and fabrics and beautiful things. And so that's, I mean, that's the change. The change is just casting all of those worries on God and knowing that he's there to help.
0: Well, you certainly changed my life um i went down to baton rouge uh last year october i think it was and if you want to see the shenanigans go down (laughs) i filmed the whole thing it's on my youtube channel um (laughs) yes so much fun oh my god it was so much fun but i think what i was surprised about is that um, and it could very much be a self-limiting belief, but I'm very cautious um, just because I've been called, you know, a, a voodoo master, witch, witchcraft, all that with feng shui. I wanted to be very cautious with that because our friendship is very important to me. And so I wanted to come down. We were going to talk business and you had actually said, are you going to feng shui my house? And I was like, oh, my God. she's going to let me feng shui or like I was so excited because you had it's I always tell people I'm like a vampire like I can't do it unless there's an invitation like you have to be open to it you have to be willing like if you do not let me in the door I cannot come in (laughs) and so you gave me the invitation and and so my team and I were so excited and then I was like you know this is going to be I knew that this was going to be an incredible experience and I knew that um, it was going to be elevated in some way. I didn't know what that was going to look like, but I was incredibly excited about it. And I think that one of the things that really changed everything for me was that night when we were sitting there and you were just really talking about the similarities of what it is mm-hmm. that I do. And I know that a lot of people want to see it as, you know, the woo-woo hippie shit, mm-hmm. but it is so faithful oriented. It's all about prayer. It's all about mantras. It's all about setting strong intentions and really putting out a prayer to whoever it is, whether it's God or a deity or whatever it is for you. But you changed everything for me because you were the one that brought light to how similar it really was. It just simply Mm -hmm. has a different name.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the, and, and to be honest, whenever I was like, Yo, are you going to function in my house? I was still thinking like you were going to come in and go, this piece of furniture needs to move here. And this mirror needs to face this way. And you need to rearrange this room. This Like, no, that's not what it was. I was floored to find out that it was incredibly similar to the practice of Christians anointing their homes. So one of the things that I know a lot of my friends do, I know every in my church basically does is when you buy a home, you go and you anoint all of the doorways, like literally all of the doorways with oil and you pray over them. I mean, I've had a friend come to my office and do that for me here. I've had clients do that for me at the office. I mean, there is something about the belief, not just of your own belief, but a shared belief between people who exactly what you said have the same intention. And obviously in your home and in your life, you want God's will to be done. I mean, that's what's best for you. And so when you were there and you were doing the feng shui I actually went with you to every room. And as you were saying your mantras, I was praying. So it was kind of like, it It was, it was really interesting for me because I just felt like I, it, it never would have dawned on me that that's what feng shui was. And it was, like you said, it was so eye opening. That it was such a similar practice to what believers have been doing for centuries. I had no idea.
0: Well, and I think that that's why it, elevated the experience so much for me because you know uh here in Nashville it's the Bible belt, Baton Rouge mm. is the Bible belt. And so it, it was really a self-limiting belief that I had of mine that if you were faith-based, you know, a Christian, you probably would not want to work with me because that is what I had been told. Mm. And you really uh opened my eyes to how similar Um, the faiths are, and again, it's just literally a different name, but I I think I I also enjoyed the fact because everybody always thinks that I move furniture. Like that's the number one. (laughs) Oh, you move my furniture. Mm -hmm. Um, and I always tell people, no, I don't move furniture. And they're like, well, what the hell are you going to do then? Like, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. So I just thought it was so amazing to me. It really elevated the experience to have you along my side praying Mm -hmm. Cause we were Mm -hmm. both praying, but we Mm -hmm. were both praying for the same intention. That's right. So, you know, we were holding hands. We were, Mm -hmm. I was chanting, you were praying. We were holding the same intention to me. I mean, that elevated the juju that much more like (laughs) it, it like heightened everything. And and it made it much more of a ritual. It made it much more of a ceremony. The cats got involved. I mean, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it was just, it, it just, I came home. Having just such a different view about what it is that I do and how I can help people. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, that's, you know, what we all want to do. We want to help people change their lives, whether it's through a beautiful home, whether it's through beautiful energy, whatever it is. But I think that I always kind of sectioned myself off like, well, I can't work for them or work with them because they're not going to be open to it. And then I found out that there were so many similarities and it just, it changed everything for me. So thank you for sharing that. And and I can't tell you how many miles I've gotten out of the mustard seed. I talk about it all the time. Good. Good. So, for those of you who listen to the podcast often you hear me talk about all I need is a mustard seed of faith you have Rachel Cannon to thank for that information
1: actually we have the Bible to thank for that (laughs) (laughs) that's directly from the word (laughs) excuse
0: me God get out of the way I need Rachel here um yeah so tell that story tell the story about the mustard seed well
1: so basically The Bible talks about we as people feel like we've got to have this great big faith that, you know, you know, if if I just believe hard enough and I just have enough faith and, you know, I need more faith. And the Bible does not ask that of us at all. What it says is if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, that's all that's required of you. And if you've never seen what the size of a mustard seed is, it would be worth it to go and look because they are tiny. They are the size of a head of a pin. I mean, they are tiny, tiny, tiny little things. And so when you put that into perspective, you just think, you know, if you're dealing with something where you're like, Oh my God, my finances are a wreck or, Oh my God, I'm in this relationship and it's miserable or just whatever it is that you're, you're dealing with for me. Again, because I'm human, I always think I could pray harder about that, or I could, you know, maybe I didn't pray long enough about that, or maybe I just don't believe enough. And that always comes back to me that that's the beauty of of the grace of God is that it's not anything that can be earned. It is freely given to anyone who will take it. And that's just a beautiful thing in and of itself, that we spend ninety-nine percent of our times trying to earn the approval of everyone around us. And God says, You can't earn it, so don't even try. I love you just because you're you. And then on top of that, he says, I just need you to have a little bit of faith that I'm going to work this out for you. That's amazing to me. That is amazing to me because human nature is to doubt and human nature is to sort of see the negative. And that's been a huge challenge for me because, you know, as a woman, like you said, it's, we, we kind of agree to a lot of stuff where people pleasers and it kind of puts you in sort of the the weaker position in business because you're agreeing to things that, you know, are not really going to be the best thing for you. But spiritually God says, have faith. I'm going to work this out for you. You don't even have to have giant faith. You can have tiny little faith, the size of a mustard seed and everything's going to be all right. That's all that is required. Um, that's like amazing to me. It really is amazing to me because I think, Well, I think people in general probably do this, but I know I do specifically. I kind of, um, when, when there is an issue, I sort of think of all the possible outcomes or possible, how things are going to play out. I need to be prepared for everything. Like I just need to be prepared for every possible scenario that this could end up being. And that just having the, the faith, the size of a mustard seed that says, you don't have to do that. Like. You don't even have to sit here and go, I believe, I believe, I believe you're gonna win. <laughs> You literally can just in your mind and in your heart go, you know what, God, I can't do this, you gotta handle it. That's enough. That's enough. And then of course, for us and for I'm sure for you too, but you know, prayer and in your case probably meditation, but that really is a grounding thing for me. And it's something that I've had to learn to do, even though I grew up in church, I really have had to learn to do as an adult. Um mainly because I felt like prayer had to be some beautiful, elaborate wording. And, you know, no, it does not. It it literally can be as simple as, for example, my heater was broken when I got back from Atlanta market last week and I had to buy an entirely new heater. And my instinct, my human instinct was to say, oh my God, why does this crap always happen to me? Can't anything ever just go right? And instead of saying that, what I said out loud was, God, you've got to make a way for me to buy this new heater. and it can't break me. I can't go broke buying this heater. You've got to make a way. And sure enough, uh, I had a contact who was a contractor who's a good friend of mine who put me in touch with the right person who gave me an incredibly fair, wonderful price. They came the next day and replaced the heater. I had heat within 48 hours of coming home from market. We had the coldest day we have had in probably 20 years on record that week. But I had heat. I had heat so great that I was literally peeling my layers off. Hmm. And so the whole time I'm like peeling my layers off going, thank you, God, for my heater. Thank you, God, for my heater. This is so amazing. God, you blessed me with this heater. This is so wonderful. I'm like sweating. I'm like, i
0: not- <laughs> <laughs> But you bring up a very valid point in that um, faith is a subtle energy. And yes. you it's delicate. And so you are so right that 99% of the time, most of us are focusing and default on the negative shit. Yes, it's just yes. this negative loop. And what I love is that this new Rachel caught it, caught the mm-hmm. loop, realized it, and immediately went to the positive mm-hmm. and started focusing on, you know, asking for help and focusing on how the outcome, you know, focusing on the, the, the positive, so to speak. Yes. Yeah. And well, and
1: just and faith is saying, faith for me was saying, God, I'm asking you for this, but I'm also going to go ahead and believe that I'm going to have heat. I'm not even going to sit here and worry about this. Like, I will have heat. I'm not even going to stress about it. There's no reason to because it gets you nowhere and it makes you miserable. So that's faith. That's faith and, and the belief that it's going to be fine. You don't have to worry about it. God's going to handle it.
0: And that's important because when I'm working with somebody in my feng shui practice and I am working on their subtle energy, that's the thing that I say all the time. That's what we're taught in my school is that doubt is the enemy. Mm-hmm. So if oh, you, all you have to do is give me that mustard seed. And if you just are focused on the positive and focused on, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen. It's just that curiosity and yeah. not getting caught up in that loop. It changes everything. And I think that's okay. what I love so much about your transformation is that, you know, I've really seen you come into your own, really in the last year. And I think that's why I was so surprised when you asked me about um, feng shui in your house, because it wasn't something that I thought that you would do. So I'm curious, what made you come around to that? What made you because I don't think you would have done it two years ago. Maybe you would have I don't know. What are your thoughts on that?
1: You know what, I don't know if I would have two years ago, I think, really, for me, I, it was just more like a, I don't really know what this is. Like, I, I really just had sort of a healthy curiosity about like, I mean, I had heard you talk about it before. And you used to always say, people think I go in and move around furniture and that's so not it. And even though I said, Hey, are you going to function in my house? I really thought that's what you were going to do anyway. <laughs> I kind of just wanted to see what it was all about because I'm like, I mean, she's so, you are so committed to the practice of feng shui. And it, to me, I just don't feel like that's something that you can commit to if it's a bunch of bunk. And so I just was like, I'm just curious to see what it is. I mean,
0: it, I, I what don't was your experience like, like when, you know, you're thinking that I'm going to move furniture and then I read your floor plan? <laughs> <laughs> well, what was
1: really interesting to me about that was um, when you were reading the floor plan, you actually picked up on some stuff that I can't remember what specifically what it was, but it was like stuff I hadn't even told you. We were like, Oh, that's probably why this is happening because of this, you know, how this is situated. And I was like, Oh no, God, that's something I've never even shared with her before. And then I, of course I just wanted to kind of hear because my goal is obviously to remodel the house that I'm in at some point and it, it may never happen. I may sell it because it's becoming a money pit, <laughs> a, new, <laughs> a new roof and now I've got a leak in a back wall. Um, but I think for me, I felt like, how I guess I I couldn't understand how a floor plan could be that telling. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just mm-hmm. seemed like, how would you know that? How would you possibly know that that was an issue? Or how would you possibly know that that was something that was happening? And I remember thinking like, wow, that's interesting. I've never brought that up. How would she possibly know that? And there was, I think there were like three or four different things that you actually sort of identified. And so for me, I, again, knowledge is power. And so I always feel like, well, man, if she's going to feng shui this place, I'm going to go pray over it, too, at the same time. Like, let's get double the blessings (laughs) if we can. There's no harm in that. No harm. Um, So, yeah, it just it was very telling because I felt like there were some things that came came out that I just was like, you know, I'm not even sure that I had I had like
0: identified them myself. But, yeah,
1: that's an issue.
0: I love that. And I think that, again, it, it really changed my life, too. Um, experience that with you because I I, it just showed me how literally two people from two different backgrounds can really come together in a center of love and just vibrate at this you know amazing beautiful level and perform this ceremony and you got some you know amazing results kick-ass results um, which are really exciting and I think that's the beauty of You know, if you wanna call it feng shui, great. If you wanna call it faith, great. I don't really care what you call it. Yeah. It's just pure awareness of, you know, your environment and just that subtle shift of God, take care of my heater. (laughs) I'm gonna have good heat. That in and of itself, and that was one of the things in your floor plan was clarity. Mm -hmm. So that I mean and and I think that's the thing is sometimes it's so subtle it's something that small and you may not attest it to the prayer that you were doing but it's literally that's a big deal that's Mm -hmm. having that clarity of knowing oh I'm in a loop I gotta Mm -hmm. I gotta come back around and focus and and it's small I mean it can show up in your business it can show up in your relationships it can show up in the decisions that you make but it has a huge impact on everything that you're doing
1: yes it does you're so right
0: so You know like i said i feel like you've really come around to this self-care self-love she even she gave it to me while i was down there she gifted me a (laughs) massage oh my god i still i have gotten like seven massages since i've been back here and i'm like yours was the holy grail like i am like searching for so i'm gonna have to fly back down there just so that i can get a massage from that same gal i mean it was freaking amazing But what advice would you give? You know, I, Deborah says the best thing. She always says that men are uh, steak knives and women are Swiss army knives. Like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, we do try to say yes to everything. We try to do everything. We try to control everything. We try to, you know, and so we busy ourselves to death and we're, you know, in the midst of exhaustion. So. You know, what advice would you give to somebody who is in the thick of it and, you know, whether it's divorce or trauma or illness mm-hmm. or aging parents or whatever it is, you know, how how do you keep your faith up? How do you keep yourself out of that negative soup and and still ensure that you're taking care of yourself?
1: Uh, well, for me, especially now, now that I've been through the last year, which I, I coined the year of Rachel. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm divorced. Love it. Rachel. Um, for me, it really is about, if you if you don't have a faith, if you don't have any sort of a, a practice or a belief system, I think it's, to me, that's the most important thing because like there are uh, Saturdays are my mornings where I can really sort of linger over my Bible study. And I mean, I take notes. I have a journal full of like notes that I, I read. All, you're right. I have like five different books that I'm reading and it's amazing how they all sort of align whenever I'm doing this. There are Saturday mornings where like, I'm so into this Bible study that I don't even want to get up. Like I want to just sit there for the rest of the day and keep reading. And there's something about drawing close to the source of your faith that it, it helps so much. And this is the thing. I'm really not like the most super spiritual person. I mean, I have like good days and bad days. And in terms of my practice of prayer and Reading the Bible. And I mean, look, it's not a regular thing. I would love for it to be so much more regular. But what I've learned is that a prayer can be as simple as, God, you've got to take care of this heat. And then a prayer can also be as simple as, God, thank you so much for blessing me with this new heater. It doesn't have to be this long, drawn out, you know, I took five hours to thank God for my new heater. I mean, he gets it, you know, like he he provided it, he gets it, you know, you can say, thank you, Lord. And, and I also think it's important not to only have a faith that you use when you need something, because what I'm realizing now is, especially through my, my little friend group on Facebook, where we, we are, have just come out to support each other so much is, um, when you are, when you have a practice that is regular, it keeps your faith up. It sort of, it's the thing that kind of helps you check into that first before you go into the worry and before you go into the, like you said, the loop. If you are close to your faith, and so for, I I, I love Joyce Meyer. She's a um, Christian preacher that she's very practical. And so she will always say, the weapons of your warfare are prayer and praise and the word of God. And so we we are fighting spiritual battles all the time and, and when you start to look at issues in your life through that lens you start to realize it really has a whole lot less to do with the people that the issue might be with or you know the house or the business or the whatever and it has so much more to do with spiritual warfare and i know that's like a really heavy term but that's the beauty of having a faith and a practice and being able to pray You know, jesus listen I am at my wit's end and you're here to lift my burden. And it's amazing. I mean, it really is amazing. And it's amazing how, when you can share that with someone else who can also pray with you, that's a huge help. So for me, I think if you're dealing with anything at the moment or you're dealing or, or sometimes it's just, I, I was actually listening to Joyce Meyer this morning and she was talking about strife and how strife can just be an undercurrent of unhappiness For a lot of people, I think that's what it is, is just, you know, we want what someone else has and we don't understand why God won't bless us with that. (laughs) She's, I can't remember. See, this is where I get really bad about knowing exactly all the ins and outs of the Bible. But basically she was saying in the Old Testament, there's the, I can't, I want to say it's like Abraham and Moses, but I can't remember who, but anyway, she says, basically this one guy is like, you know, Lord, I'm praying for this and I'm praying for that. And then this guy is praying for something else. And one guy gets um, deliverance and another guy gets a circumcision. <laughs> She's like, sometimes you want to be like, well, God, I prayed for this, but you gave me a circumcision. <laughs> that's no fun. But that's where it goes back to God's will is what's best for you. And if you are, if you can be rooted in your faith and understand that, you know, God sometimes lets things happen to you so that you can get closer to your faith and, and have a deeper belief. And I think that's probably the change that you've seen in me in the last year is just really, getting rooted and, and knowing this is what I believe. Um, I mean, that's just so helpful. And you, you are sort of one of the people that I feel like you have the most calming kind of presence when I'm with you and you're hilarious. And we like, we have a riot when we're together, but also you just are really centered and calm. And I know that is because of your practice and your faith. I know that that's what that is. And it's, I mean, I don't want to, you always call it the woo woo. I don't, you don't want to sound too woo woo, but that is, that's a huge part of it. I mean, I I don't think if we can all just realize that we're not ever, we were never meant to walk this life alone. And, you know, if you have, if you have your faith and you have friends who can lift you up in prayer. And I mean, that's, that's everything that really is. And family too. I mean, my family is huge source of support for me, but um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really it.
0: I think community is one of the most um, lacking things in our culture. It's a very, I actually spoke about this uh, with Liz Blake, uh, who I had on about six weeks ago, but she was talking Mm -hmm. about this idea of, and I talk about this a lot, how, you know, we're, when we go back to our tribal days and when we go back to even our smaller communities, you know, we weren't distracted by devices. We weren't brought up to Mm -hmm. be busy and productive. And, in this interdependence, we were communal creatures, especially Mm -hmm. women. We got together in in tribal circles and and we got together in community and we prayed together and, and we did things together And women used to uh, sit in circle, whether it was over prayer or rituals, ceremonies, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And we've lost that. It's in our DNA, but we've lost it. And so I think that's the one thing that we are lacking most is that when we are in strife and we are alone, it's like we it's not that you're just alone. It's like you feel like you are in a vast cavern. Like, absolutely, yeah it doesn't matter if the support system doesn't know exactly how to accomplish a solution. It's there. It's a support system. And it's just nice to have that system in place because it's comforting. It's communal. Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel like we have lost that. And I think that um, that was the one thing that I did not have when I was going through my divorce, Is I was completely an Island. I was all by mm-hmm. myself. I lost all my friends. I lost all the family that I had here in Nashville. I was completely on my own and it really stripped me. But like you said, it makes you grow up fast. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you really realize the shit that's important and yes. the shit that's <laughs> shit. <laughs> you really do. You're exactly right. Yeah. It,
1: it whenever, whenever you have sort of first world problems and and your biggest problem is comparing what you have to what someone else doesn't have or you don't have and they have when you go through something like that where exactly what you just said where you truly feel the depths of what loneliness is you really start to like oh my god like the time we spend obsessing over our eyebrows and do they match i mean my god (laughs) (laughs) that's so crazy like that's no. And I, I agree with you completely. Um, I actually have made it a goal this year to sort of cut my dependence on my phone for entertainment because 90% of what is on Facebook and Instagram is nothing. It's phone truly up. nothing. Yeah. Um, so that's a huge thing for me this year. And I think and there's that great saying that comparison is deep joy. So the less you can look at that kind of stuff and the less you are sort of on the outside watching what appears to be you know perfection which we all know that's not really the case at all I think you're going to be so much happier it's almost like when you don't shop all the time you actually don't buy as much because you're just not you know you don't even realize you need new clothes because you didn't know new clothes had come out since the last time you bought new stuff (laughs) it's the same thing like just feeling like I don't know. You're so right. Like you, you really start to see what is important and what's not when you have experienced true loneliness or true grief or or true heartache. It's, that's a very real thing. I think, um, one of the things we talked about when you were down here is I had read this book called, um, codependent no more, which is a fantastic book. And I think a lot of women are codependent and they don't realize it. And I was very highly offended when my therapist told me that I was codependent (laughs) because I was like, I am not, I am so independent. And I, you know, She's like, that's not what it means. She goes, basically, codependency is in a relationship. One person agrees to things that they don't want to do to keep this other person happy. The problem is that the person they're trying to keep happy is not happy. And so nothing you do will ever make them happy. And it's that whole, you light yourself on fire to keep this other person warm, but they're not ever going to get warm. So you're miserable and they're miserable. And it's again, it's the loop. And one of the things in that book that I had to really commit to memory was, Control is an illusion. Surrendering and letting go are real. And that is like the realest, real thing that I think I have ever read in my life. Because I I realize I spend so much time trying to control the outcome of everything when really surrendering all of that and letting go of all of that. It's real because it hurts. It hurts to feel like, oh my God, I have no control over what's going to happen. But there's also so much freedom that comes with that. And there's so much peace that comes with it. And just feeling like, you know, in the beginning, it's uncomfortable because you are so worried about, okay, I'm not even, I'm, I'm not going to try to control the situation. Whatever happens, happens. But then you get to a point where you're like, oh God, what a relief. I don't have to think about that. Like it's going to work out whatever way it's going to work out. So, and listen, I still deal with all of this. It's not like I have everything figured out. I mean, yes, I still deal with feeling sort of inadequate and depressed. And those are, I think, just human emotions, but just... I think it's just realizing you're not in control anyway. You never were.
0: Nope. You never were. I think that's the key thing. So I want to leave the listeners with one final thing. What are you coveting right now that's rocking your world?
1: Me personally or just my business?
0: Uh, let's go personal. I don't care what's rocking your world in business. Okay. <laughs> We'll have to dig deep for that one. I, I want to know in what's what's Rock Rachel's world like. What's what's like? Uh, you know, I mean, like I said, you've really been on this journey of self care, and and yeah. man, you know, like, and I should say, like, I am absolutely grounded. Like nothing phases me. I'm no, I'm like, it low really down. doesn't. <laughs> Amazing. I'm like the the most low key person ever. But it, the thing that I think rocked my world is when I came down to Baton Rouge, and you were like, nope, I don't work on Fridays. Nuh-uh, that's my day. And I'm like. <laughs> Well, damn it, I'm not doing that. So that's been my goal for 2018 is I got to figure out how to, you know, because we're really busy. Our office, you know, mm-hmm. is really busy. And so I'm trying to figure out how I can take Fridays off for more self-care. I'm all for more self-care.
1: I, I started taking Fridays off when we were our busiest. And the reason I did that was because, as you know, as a business owner, Just because it's, you know, 10 o'clock at night, it doesn't mean that you are not still working or that your business is not on your mind. It's on your mind 24 hours a day. So I felt like in order for me to get any peace at all, I have got to literally set aside a day where I can not open email, not take text messages, not answer phone calls and go do run my personal errands or do my hair appointments on that day or go see on go to the doctor that day. I mean, really, it was just a day for me to have an uninterrupted focus on Rachel and what Rachel has to accomplish today, because I mean, everything that I needed to get done was getting pushed to the last of the list and I would never get anything done. Um, I think right now the thing that is rocking my world at the moment is I do, I do even, and now. listen, I live in this old house that has needs so much work done to it. It is so but freaking
0: cute. It. It's adorable. <laughs> I love it. I want to move in Thank with you. you. <laughs> <laughs> I might let you say so that you can foot the bill for some of this stuff. <laughs> um, Put I love to her. work, damn it.
1: Yes, I love my house. And and when I was getting divorced, I that was my prayer kind of through the entire thing was, God, I just want my house. I have loved this house ever since the first time I saw it. And I, I love my house. Like, I really love my house. And what I – I have such a – it's not an overwhelming, like, want to do cartwheels and backflips and all that kind of stuff. But there is something so wonderful about driving into the driveway every day, and it's mine. And – It's mine because I asked God to make it mine. Do you know what I mean? And just feeling like, you know, God, you made me this promise that I was going to get the house and I got the house. And so I can trust all of your promises. Do you know there's over 5000 promises in the Bible from God directly to us? That's amazing. So my thing now is I want to go and read them all and find out what they all are, because they're all mine. If I just can claim them and say, okay, I believe I have the faith of the mustard seed that that promises for me.
0: I love that. I love talking with you. I want to keep going, but it's been an hour and I know, you know, like I got to wrap this show up. My producer be like, it's been two hours. Um, <laughs> you just need to come back down and visit again. Oh my God. I'm sold. Uh, I, I'm already, it's funny because I'm going to Sedona in March on a spiritual retreat and a, and then I'm going to Crepalo again in June and then I'm going to San Diego in August. And I'm like shit, I got to figure out when I can fit Rachel back in. I got to come back (laughs) down there. So I've already been looking. Um, but if people are interested in learning more about you, how can they stalk you?
1: Well, we are on Instagram. Don't spend all your time there, you know, buy art so that you have something else to look at, but we're on Instagram, RCL Interiors, Facebook, RCL Interiors, Rachel Cannon, limited interiors.com. And I mean, I'm on Twitter, but Twitter, I feel like, is so the really best
0: place. I know. <laughs> I know. It changes so quickly these days. I know. We're too old for this shit. Um- we really. You can also go to uh, On my website and also on YouTube I've got um, Land, uh video It's about 20 minutes yes. our shenanigans <laughs> Four days in Baton Rouge I-, I think I molested the hell out of Rachel and I was probably <laughs> too much For her <laughs> I had so much fun no, I loved uh, it. It. it was a lot of fun we went to LSU And she showed me all the Beautiful homes in Baton Rouge but It's a really fun video so make sure You go and check that out and Rachel thank Thank you so much for saying yes to this. Well, thank you. I think one of the most important things that we can do, especially as women, is to start taking better care of ourselves. We always put ourselves last. And I think we can all admit that we're all a little bit codependent, right? We're all trying to help fuel somebody else's flames. And we never look at ourselves and take care of ourselves the way that we should. One of the things that I love about Rachel is this Friday practice. She devotes the entire day to herself. And it's not just all woo-woo spiritual stuff that she's doing. Haircuts, doctor's appointments. That's self-care. She's putting herself first. So whatever that looks like for you, make sure you do that too. And stop trying to control everything. Surrender to the idea that the universe has a plan for you. All right, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed the show as much as I did. If you like the show, head on over to iTunes, subscribe, drop us a note. We love to hear from you. You can reach out to us at thegatescompany.com. You can also find us on our website at gatesinteriordesign.com. Or if you want to reach out to us on social media, we're all over that too. You can find us, I promise. All right, everyone. Trust the vibe because the energy never lies.